Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at Cause Pods, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Joining me today on Cause Pods, we are speaking with Jen Stansberry Koenig. She is the creator of the HSCT Warriors podcast aimed at illuminating the invisibilities of autoimmune disease. And then we get into a bunch of technical terms of what she does. And so <laughs> I'm not going to butcher it. I'm going to let her take it. But Jen, thank you so much for joining us here on Cause Pods today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really appreciate the opportunity to just talk about the cause and shine a light, right? Right. Well, I mean, and this is great because not that, you know, everybody who we've had on cause pods is a cause that I'm necessarily intimate with or highly familiar with, but, you know, I have a general knowledge. And so I'm excited to really learn about something that I have no idea what it's about at all. So I'm really going to go on a, a educational journey here with you. So start off by telling us what exactly is HSCT? So HSCT stands for hematopoietic stem cell transplant. And as you know, we like to translate that into HSCT. So it's not easy for everyone to understand what that might mean. But basically, it is a bone marrow transplant or similar to what we know as a bone marrow transplant for autoimmune diseases. So this type of transplant has is backed by 40 plus years of research for cancer patients particularly multiple myeloma, leukemia, and other tragic cancers of the blood. And so a hematologist or a blood doctor knows that this can work in terms of resetting the systems that are carried within the blood, carrying the messages or diseased cells and cancer cells. And so 20 plus years ago, Dr. Richard Burt who is at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago, Illinois, left his research at Johns Hopkins, inspired him to try this out for autoimmune diseases because technically it's like a reboot. Again, your blood that's carrying negative messaging. So autoimmune disease is basically a negative message that your body carries telling your blood to attack itself. So rather than your typical immune system that attacks a virus or an invader or bacteria, with autoimmune disease, your body is attacking itself. And so Dr. Burt said, why can't we use this reboot for autoimmune disease and basically wipe out all of the negative messaging carried by the blood of autoimmune disease with chemotherapy, intense chemotherapy, obliterate that immune system, basically take your system to nothing. <laughs> so you're barely living, but they pump you full of steroids in order to help you survive. Mm -hmm. But once the chemo knocks out that negative messaging carried by the T cells in your blood, you receive your own stem cells back to help your body build a new immune system or reboot your immune system and carry new messaging that isn't diseased with, say, multiple sclerosis, scleroderma, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, on and on. There's 24 different autoimmune diseases that this procedure can halt 
stop dead in its tracks. And basically, your body learns to recreate its disease-free immune system. So the disease is halted in its tracks, and you get to recreate (laughs) a future for yourself with a new healthy immune system. Now, so in the original description that I got from you, we talk about the possibilities of a future free from disease progression. You talk about this as it is proven science. So has this been used and done with success in patients? And by the way, I should also say, I apologize, you are Dr. Koenig, is that correct? Oh, thank you. I am. Although, you know, I actually recorded kind of a clarification for that because I don't want to come off as a medical doctor or mislead people to believe that I am a medical doctor. I am a doctor of education. So yes, I do. I have an educational doctorate in leadership. But Either way, you did a lot of work and earned that title. (laughs) So I want to make sure we at least let the audience know that you deserve that credit. Well, thank you you so much. Because yeah, I was actually recently diagnosed the year that I started my doctoral program. And so spent years all through my 20s, just questioning what my issues were and understanding the pain that I was in only to come to be diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, the day before I found out I was pregnant. And Wow, that's a <laughs> lot of life changes in one small in, time indeed. frame. Yeah, 2010 was a pretty heavy year. And so in 2012, I finished my doctorate. And in 2013, I started medication to treat that MS. And just it sent me on a very, very fast decline. The weekend I started drugs, I was hiking five miles and didn't have many problems. A couple weeks later, I went up and did the sand dunes in Michigan and had been a very active individual leading up to this medication. And so my doctor was like, there's something else going on. And I was like, well, you know, I have a diagnosis. I'm on meds. We'll just see how it goes. But after a year, I was still getting worse. And so I switched my MS drug and continued to get worse. And so just knew that something else was going on, did more testing, found out I had Lyme disease as well. Oh, my God. Which mimics MS, right? So there was just this like perfect storm going on in my body. And by the time I found the Lyme disease in 2016, I probably have irreversible uh, physical disability kind of damage that I'm dealing with and continuing to try to heal because I believe in neuroplasticity. But when I found this transplant, I thought, you know what, there is research behind it. And it was in clinical trials. And I just saw it as that possibility to end things for all, end the suffering once and for all, and, and at least get that chance at a new, a new chance at life, right? Because I missed my active self. (laughs) I still miss hiking five plus miles without skipping a beat and certainly would like to enjoy those kinds of activities with my daughter. But right now I'm, let's see, 14 months post-transplant and still working on regaining that physical ability. Walking is still an issue for me. And so that's part of the motivation, I think, behind starting this podcast because the more research I do into HSCT and what it can do for people, the reality is that the sooner that you can access this treatment after diagnosis, the better off you are, not just through the procedure and minimizing complications, but also in your chances at recovering and not being permanently disabled. So when I was laying in the hospital bed listening to podcasts for my own entertainment, <laughs> I thought, 
why not use this platform to get the word out to more people? Move the conversation beyond social media into the world of podcasting. And so, yeah, my goal with the podcast really is to help more people (laughs) understand the personal experiences behind HSCT, gain access to the research and knowledge that's out there, because this is a very well-researched procedure that needs to become a standard of care. Dr. Burt recently published his findings of the his last clinical trial in the Journal of American Medical Association, what is that, JAMA, just published in January of 2019, his findings that evidence 93% of patients that undergo HSCT show within one year, no evidence of disease activity. Wow. That's tremendous. That's incredible. <laughs> Drugs cannot compete with that. And so, because it is a clinical trial and insurance companies like to label it as experimental. And so, some insurance companies cover it, but others refuse because they declare it as experimental and say there's more research needed and there's just not enough proof except that it's I mean, studies in Canada are showing the same thing. Dr. Burt's publication was the first randomized multi-site international study to close, like, basically, he's got five years worth of follow-up and research Mm -hmm. so that it's not just within that first year. I think it's 90, maybe it's 97%. We should check those stats. But the fact that the beginning of that number starts with a nine is is just incredible. I mean, that's Drugs don't come close. No, no. And, you know, what you experienced in your own treatment, in your own journey through this was that it wasn't slowing down. And, you know, right. you you have certain aspects of this that are irreversible now. But if people can, you know. Get uh, access sooner. Right. Yes. Early diagnosis, they could probably have, I would like to believe, a complete remission of something like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we don't like to say it's a cure, but. It's as close to a cure out there than anything I've seen. So, you know, you talk about drugs who they give you a chance that they might slow progression if they work for you, right? Because as we know, drugs contain chemicals and they have to work with your own chemical makeup and your mitochondria and, and the way your body works. And drugs don't work for everybody. They do work for some people and they do slow things down and some people can enjoy years, without disease activity or noticing their symptoms but but they probably also have other side effects and absolutely and they probably as you said if they work so you probably are delaying potentially other treatments that are going to work while you're taking time to see if this first round of treatment is going to work correct and so yeah side effects aside taking the risk of a drug not working for you and the disease progressing and invoking permanent damage seems just as risky, if not more so, than taking a chance on HSCT, which is a significant medical procedure. I mean, you're talking, let's see, five to six rounds of chemo for MS to treat other autoimmune diseases. The protocols are slightly different, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, six intense days of chemo that nobody likes to undergo chemo. I mean, it runs for almost 12 hours. (laughs) <laughs> every day for five days in a row. And, you know, it's it's brutal. But you're on steroids and you're on anti-nausea meds and you're getting fluids. And so really, it's very tolerable. I 
personally experienced very minimal side effects and complications. I had a healthy diet going into it. I had a very healthy mindset, which is another critical component of I think this whole journey is just staying positive and not getting down on yourself or the situation. And I think that's an approach I've taken since the very beginning. Being diagnosed the day before I found out I was pregnant. You know, once I found out I was pregnant, I thought, well, gee whiz, now all I have to do is focus on being healthy. Right. And that's just been my mantra. I want to ask because I think the phrase stem cell is, mm. you know, a somewhat politicized and a loaded phrase. Absolutely. I imagine that that's a major hurdle into getting more awareness and more penetration into the medical community to accept this kind of treatment? Absolutely. Because the stem cells, so your body generates stem cells all the time. Mm -hmm. If you are injured, your body takes a scan and says, you know what, we need more platelets. So we're going to tap in the bone marrow, sends those stem cells out into your bloodstream and those stem cells decide to become platelets and suddenly you're clotting or you're, you know, healing a wound that your body has this magic inside of it all the time. And so in order to generate and harvest enough stem cells to then transplant back, I did take like a Neupogen injection to generate more of those stem cells in my bone marrow. But it's the same procedure process that you undergo for, say, a bone marrow transplant. So if somebody wants to donate bone marrow to another individual or to their child who has leukemia, same thing. They're taking these exact same drugs to generate the bone marrow out of, or the stem cells out of your bone marrow. So it's something that your body is doing anyway. And the idea of transplant really is misleading because HSCT is really about the chemo as the therapy to obliterate that negative messaging of autoimmune disease and the transplant of your own stem cells back to you or return of stem cells back to you is just to help your body recover quicker so, and develop a brand new immune system quicker that's free from disease. So you referenced blood marrow, uh, bone marrow, excuse me, and donation. So is this something that people are donating to help others with or the last part you said kind of made it sound like it's your own internal yes, systems. It is. So there is autologous HSCT, which is your own stem cells. Mm -hmm. And then I can't remember the name for when you have to get it. Allogenic, I think, is based on donations from others. So ideally, HSCT for autoimmune disease is dependent upon your own stem cells. So as far as I know, there could be research out there going on because there are clinical trials running in Denver and Seattle, Washington. There is a clinic opening in Boston over the summer. I heard there's a new clinic developing in Louisiana, Cincinnati, actually close to where I am. There's hematologists at the University of Cincinnati who are looking to provide this to patients with autoimmune disease. It's the up and coming thing. <laughs> and I think the factor, the fact that you're using your own stem cells minimizes the complication that might come with donated grafting. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because when your body receives something foreign, it takes longer to recover. Right. You and have the to whole point of this and, yeah. HSCT is to literally obliterate that existing immune system that carries the disease. And so they give you a dose of chemo before they harvest your stem cells just to kind of knock down the active immune system that carries that negative messaging 
And then you're giving yourself these injections to produce stem cells over the course of seven to 10 days after that first dose of chemo. And so your body's creating these stem cells and the idea is to harvest them before they become tainted with the autoimmune disease messaging, right? So like they harvest, they look to harvest at least 2 million stem cells in order to give your body that best reboot. They harvested 8.75 million from my body and uh, others have been able to generate more than 20 million stem cells. So whatever you can generate, they'll give right back to you. Wow. And the more you get back, then you're just, it helps your body recover quicker, right? So it's interesting to be in the hospital at that day zero, which is when your levels are too low to count. So my platelets, my hemoglobins, my lymphocytes, my red blood cells, white blood cells, like it's all so low, literally too low to count. That's what we call day zero when you get your stem cells back. That's a process that takes maybe 15 minutes for them to just run through, just like you'd be getting an infusion of platelets or an infusion of anything, really. Mm-hmm. doesn't take any time at all. And you just let your body rest and adapt and give your body the space to do what it does best, which is heal itself. Wow. It's really a transformational experience. And, and it's, you know, again, it, right now, I think it has a lot of, you know, not to sound degrading, but it's like a lot of big convoluted words that are tough to pronounce that to a lot of people understand, right, right? Tough to understand that don't mean anything. It's a simpler solution than how it's described. And so it almost feels like HSCT almost needs branding help. Um, And so I feel like, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily one of the, you know, original goals of what you were doing with the podcast, but I imagine that you are accomplishing that by talking about it, by sharing these stories and by getting others to talk about it. Right. Because something else we've kind of come to just actualize is the reality that for so many patients who are diagnosed with autoimmune disease, the diagnosis comes after basically displaying a certain set of symptoms, Mm -hmm. right? You meet a checklist of symptomology, and a lot of that tends to be neurological. That's the impact or the outcome of the disease having done its work on you. But when you think about how your body carries the message of autoimmune disease in the blood, and that is actually a blood disease and something that a hematologist would be more of an expert in understanding and treating than a neurologist. But when you're only hooked up with a neurologist because that's how your symptoms are presenting, and you try to talk to your neurologist about HSCT and they have no idea what you're talking about, or they're fearful, or they hear scary stories because they aren't sure. And when you think about also the fact that having gone through HSCT now, I don't need any medication. Wow. I don't need any disease-modifying drug. I haven't been on a disease-modifying drug since 2017, so almost two full years. Nice. And that feels amazing. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> that sure. That feels amazing. And so not to be nasty about it, but the reality is that a lot of neurologists get kickback from drug companies. They get proceeds from keeping patients on these drugs. And so why would they take time to learn more about a procedure that basically they would end up losing patients. If their patients go through this procedure and don't need them anymore for a six-month MRI, every six-month MRI, and don't need them anymore for ongoing drugs that 
may or may not help them. You know, I don't know many doctors would be that motivated to look into HSCT and, and truly understanding it. Well, it's a shame that our medical system as a whole is not really focused on healing, but it is focused, it, it has become a business. And so you're right. When the patient is seen as a profit center, the impetus isn't necessarily, and, and, to be clear, like it's unfortunate, I yeah. absolutely. It's and to be unfortunate. Clear, I don't, I don't think this represents every medical professional. I, there are no. certainly plenty of excellent medical absolutely. professionals right. out there who are and who are fighting this kind of thinking and fighting this kind of mentality within the medical world. But it is obviously apparent, and it exists, you know, and it starts with the insurance companies too, and you know, it it goes all the way up to the top where it's it's a big money business, and when money is involved, priorities get diminished. All right, the right priorities get diminished. It's definitely muddy waters yeah. in this country, but also other countries. You know, I just today re- released the episode featuring Allison Coates, whose husband was diagnosed with MS, uh, gosh, in 2010, maybe 2011. Anyhow, he had a really rapid, aggressive form of the disease as well, and was experiencing a lot of significant downward spirals. And once they found HSCT as an option, they really had to fight tooth and nail in order to get it, receive it in England where he where they live and had to do a lot of fundraising because they were convinced they were going to have to go to Mexico in order to get the treatment. And eventually doctors came around and he was able to receive treatment in the UK. And so they used their leftover dollars to develop the world's first charity organization to help support and fund people to receive HSCT. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's fantastic. And it's a shame that the world has come to that. But I mean, we all know and we see it every day, these crowdfunding campaigns for people to receive access to medical care. It's tragedy. Oh, yeah. I saw a stat the other day. The, uh, The CEO of GoFundMe, I think, came out and said one third of all of their donation drives are for medical bills. It's, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's insane. So, And it's out of control. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. is. absolutely out and of control. And it's unsustainable. So how does someone hearing this who either themselves have faced a diagnosis with an autoimmune disease mm. or know someone or, you know, just interested, like, how do they get the ball rolling to get HSCT into their treatment plan? That's such a great question. Thank you for asking that because it is something we continue to advocate for on the podcast. And it's interesting because it comes up almost in every conversation that I've had with people. And it's only been 16 episodes, well, 14 aired and a few recorded and that I'm still editing. But it's amazing that the best source of information on how to pursue HSCT exists on Facebook. And I hate that that's the answer. (laughs) I hate that that's the answer. So many people ask their neurologists about it and their neurologists give some misinformation or the wrong information because they don't know enough about it themselves. And part of what myself and a few vets, we're um, actually, we're meeting tonight for another third meeting about how to start our own nonprofit here in the States to get the word out, be advocates, go to clinics that are treating patients with autoimmune disease to give them more information, do personal presentations if we have to. Really, our focus initially will just be on that advocacy piece so that more people can get more information. Not everybody is on Facebook. 
And that was another motivator of starting the podcast is how do we move these conversations outside of social media to the masses? Well, and so what we do on Cause Pods is we create a donation link for causes that we think are important to the host. And so I know you're working to establish this 501c3 and we will have a link in the show notes to this episode and we will encourage everyone who is hearing this who realizes that what Dr. Koenig, or as she's also commonly known, Zenjen, mm-hmm. is trying to do is worthy of your support and, and worthy of your donations so that people can can help you out. So I want to... That would be so wonderful, Matthew. Thank you. I mean, there's more than 24 million people in the United States alone suffering with autoimmune disease. And the fact that, or the idea that anybody out there is suffering when this procedure is out there as an option, it's just unforgivable to me. I just, it's, I cannot imagine. It's equally as unforgivable knowing that probably 23.9 million of those people are wasting money also on other treatments that or are not going to do prolonging their suffering. That's all. I mean, yes, those drugs might work to offset symptoms for some time. But eventually, you build up a tolerance to those drugs, and they stop working. And then you're it might new be drugs, only two years; it might be ten years. Right. But eventually, the body is tired of fighting itself. HSCT gives your body a chance to live, generate a new sense of self. So normally, we focus mostly on the podcast itself. I'm I'm glad that we have spent so much time though learning about HSCT. But I do want to talk just briefly about the show itself. And you explained that while you were in the hospital getting treatments, you were listening to a lot of podcasts and then you know, thought that this might be a good way to get the message out. But why in particular do you think podcasting is an effective way to spread the word? Well, it's free, right? And it's, <laughs> it's an alternative media source that isn't bound by traditional rules. You know, we're all kind of making it up as we go. Mm-hmm. And because HSCT is scorned in traditional media or medical settings, I felt it only appropriate to um, help promote the advocate, well, help to advocate for HSCT in a non-traditional platform, something that isn't bound by somebody else's rules. It's tough to invite people to be vulnerable about their experiences and their transformation that they experience with HSCT. And so not being in a traditional media platform maybe feels a little safer for people to be able to share their stories. And so you talk to folks who are, like you mentioned, you're talking to folks who either themselves have gone through HSCT or a family have gone through HSCT. You talk to experts in the field about HSCT and the benefits of doing so? Well, I want to. And just getting started, the first season really focused on veterans we call ourselves of HSCT. So people that have gone through it themselves and this new season that just launched, this is our third week, third episode today, actually, it includes caregivers, Mm -hmm. people who are taking care of because that is a unique role in and of itself and an important one that should not be discounted. I want to interview my daughter. She's <laughs> not really agreed to it yet. That's okay. How old is she, she now? Find the space. She is eight years old now. Yeah, that's a good age. <laughs> right. But we've also interviewed hopefuls. So last week's interview with Katie, she's geared up to go next month. Well, in March to start. And thankfully, she made the connections early with somebody who went through HSCT, who lives nearby, and they 
actually had a much earlier relationship because Anna was Katie's physical therapist when she had a horrible relapse and was in the hospital for her three-day steroid treatment. Anna, who was providing her physical therapy and treating her, they both came to find out, well, we share the same diagnosis of MS and stayed in touch over the years. And, and Anna actually is celebrating her two-year stem cell anniversary this week. And hopefully she'll find that she has no disease activity as well. And after being on disability for almost those full two years and not being able to work, she was recently recertified as a physical therapist, is now working again part-time at the Cleveland Clinic as a physical therapist because HSCT stopped her disease and she's experienced healing to the point where she can now treat patients again and get back to work. Awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing the possibilities HSCT and our body to heal itself. We just have to give it the chance. Yeah, that is incredible. So the show is called HSCT Warriors Podcast. You can find more about it at hstcwarriorspodcast.com. You can find the show on all the usual platforms. As always, we are going to put a link to the show in our show notes. And again, more importantly, like, yes, listen to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, tell people about it, you know, get them interested, get especially more. Especially if they have autoimmune disease. Especially if they have autoimmune disease. Like, we want you to be listening and know that there is a community of veterans, as you put it, that are out there, that are supportive, that are willing to help. But really, more importantly, listening to this, I hope everybody takes this away. This is a cause that needs all of our help. So- mm -hmm. If you have the resources, if you have the education, if you have the knowledge, if you yourself have connections to the medical community where you can help to spread the word and let people know that this is something worth checking out. Yeah. Invite us for a conversation. Invite us for a presentation. We'll show up. I've got people on the crew that have experienced lupus, CIDP, uh, scleroderma, multiple sclerosis being almost the most common. You know, possibilities are endless. and. We appreciate your support and your advocacy of, of all that we're trying to do. It takes a village. Yeah. No, I've, I've certainly learned in, in my experience with nonprofits and, and in talking to so many incredible people who are using this platform to help good causes and to help good nonprofits mm -hmm. that, yeah, nobody can do this alone. And even if this isn't your cause, we, you know, you, it's easy enough to lend your voice to spread the word because there's an excellent shot that even if you personally, directly, direct family aren't dealing with someone with autoimmune disease, you probably know someone who is. And they are probably in the dark about this kind of treatment and this kind of advocacy on their behalf. So again, it's hsctwarriorspodcast.com for now. We'll have a link at causepods.org to all of this. If you would like to connect with Zen Jen, Dr. Koenig directly. It's Zen Jen at hsctwarriorspodcast.com. And Jen, I just want to salute you for what you're doing, for the incredible strength that you are showing. Um, in talking to you, you know, there's you just, you are very fortuitous. You are very strong. And I, I think this, 
this cause needs a, an incredible advocate like you. So I appreciate you saying so. And I do have to say, I cannot do it alone and have not been able to do this alone. I'd be a fool if I were to not give a shout out to my audio guru and very good friend, Billy Alitzauser. He's an amazing musician, super talented, and he helps my show sound good on less than a dime. And I just appreciate him so much and all that he's doing out of the kindness of his own heart to give us, to help us sound good and get onto a platform that hopefully more people can hear the opportunities that HSCT provide. It's a chance at getting your life back. And it's a chance that shouldn't be passed up by anyone who is suffering with autoimmune disease. And I'm I'm glad you brought him up and I'm glad you're giving him that credit because it highlights amazing. But it highlights exactly what we were just talking about, that you don't have to be a doctor, you don't have to be a medical professional, you don't have to be a a tax lawyer with expertise in 501c3s. Good causes, good charities, good advocacy needs good people. And so in this case, Jen got someone, a good person who could help her with a podcast. This doesn't sound like someone who has any of the other traits that would normally be associated with an autoimmune disease advocacy group, but he used his talents to help Jen spread the word. And I think there are a lot of folks who are hearing this who, you know, maybe will take a second thought of how they can help a cause like this. Of course, if you're hearing this one in particular, we'd like you to help Jen's cause. But Thank you. you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's grassroots, you know, it is, and I love your mission at CosPods to help shine a light on all the good work that's out there. I'm trained in nonprofit management myself and have taught courses in nonprofit program evaluation at the graduate level. And, you know, nonprofits are a passion of mine as well. And to be a part of a movement that is truly good people coming together for a good cause, it's just... I really appreciate the opportunity to be here talking with you. Well, and I think we're going to have to have you back on again to talk about that part of your world in particular and how other groups can use podcasting to accomplish some of their goals. But it has been truly an honor to chat with you. We've been talking to Dr. Zen Chen Stansberry Koenig. The show is HSCT Warriors Podcast. Uh, The website is hsctwarriorspodcast.com for the HSCT Warriors Podcast. Find them on Instagram, Facebook. Links to all that will be available in the show notes to this episode. And Jen, I just want to thank you so much for giving us some of your time here on CauseBots today. Thank you kindly. I do appreciate it and can't wait to talk to you again once we get our nonprofit up and running. And to that point that Jen just made, they don't have the nonprofit itself up and running just yet. And so they can't exactly accept donations. But what we're going to do a little bit different from other episodes of Cause Pods is we're going to put a link to Jen's PayPal account that's associated with the podcast. And so if you want to support what she is doing, if you want to help them grow the show, get this 501c3 launch, like everything that would be of value to them, you can send them some funds now. It's not going to be strictly counted as a donation in terms of tax census and and things like that, but they could use your help. They could use your support. So if that's something that you'd be interested in, we'll put a link in the show notes to the PayPal address and, you know, you can connect with her there. But, you know, as always, we just want to remind you, uh, show notes at causepods.org. We'll have a link to the organization, a link to the podcast, a link to this PayPal address that you can help Jen in her efforts to raise awareness and to get this 501c3 off the ground and just learn more about HSCT and how we can get people 
treatment and the care that they so deserve. So, Dr. Jen Koenig, thank you again for joining us here on CallSpots today, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you so much, Matthew. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a Cause Pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.